Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Well, hello. Welcome to Nick's Nerd News. I'm your host, Nick. Wow, folks, we're into the second week of August. Gamescom starts a week from tomorrow, so we won't talk about that for another two weeks, uh, yet we still have a plethora of video game news to talk about. I uh, got some other stuff on the table. Uh, no movie review this week, uh, but Rocco's Modern Life Static Cling was on Netflix this weekend. I watched The Boys all the way through, binged that whole first season, so we'll talk about that a little bit. And, and some other things going on. Um, some new trailers dropped, things like this. So we will get right to that in a minute but as first and foremost thank you guys for listening to the show welcome to the show if you're new welcome back if you've been listening uh if you guys don't already follow me on social media you can follow us on twitter instagram and facebook at nixnerd news you can also go to nixnerdnews.com if you prefer to just get all the social media things all in one place uh share a lot of memes gameplay videos things like this and Also, on the website, you can listen to the show right in your browser if you want to catch up on old episodes. Uh, Or, if you prefer to listen on the go, you can listen to us. Uh, There's links for the Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes show pages. So, if you want to subscribe and and listen on your mobile device, you can do it there. And with that, let's get right into it. Uh, I got a new trailer for Pokemon Sword and Shield. And, surprise, surprise, we got some Galarian regional variants, which I thought were not coming. Also, a couple new Pokemon were announced, as well as a new, the new rival team who are like fans of your rival. Uh, they're called Team Yell, and uh, they're really dumb looking, even worse than than uh, Skull Team or Team Skull or whatever they were called in Sun and Moon, which is kind of a letdown after what they did with Rainbow Rocket and Ultra Sun and Moon, where you got to fight uh, the former bosses of a lot of the the teams and and. We've just we've come a very 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 long way from Team Rocket, Team Magma, and and those teams of the the earlier gens, and it's it's a shame because they're just they're not as compelling as they used to be. I I don't know I don't know why they're they're kind of going a little more childish. I, I guess uh, granted all those teams were always kind of lame in retrospect, but not not to the same level as as Team Skull or what Team Yell looks like. Granted. Team, Team Flare were close to that in in uh, X and Y with their leader Lysander. Th- that was a a good uh, a good break from things. So that that's that's what I would say to that. But the new Galarian variants are are actually really cool. Uh, the new Pokemon not are just whatever. They only showed like two. But we got a Galarian variant for Zigzagoon, who is from Gen three. So we we've skipped Gen two completely on the on the regional variants. Granted, I'm sure more more may come. Uh, Lanoon, and then they actually get a, a they get a new evolution in uh, Galar. Lanoon evolves into Obstracoon, who almost looks uh, more like a badger than anything, and uh, looks almost like Gene Simmons of Kiss. And and Gene Simmons uh, said he did like he did like the look, and and agrees with it. And then we also got a Galarian variant of Weezing, who is gray now, 
uh, has like green smoke like a mustache on both of his heads and then he's got these two smokestacks sticking up out of his head that look uh, almost look like 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 top hats which fits perfectly fits perfectly for the Great Britain theme the, the top hats the smokestacks it fits with like Industrial Revolution Britain oh it's perfect perfect and and as of right now oh Obstagoon sorry was the third evolution but but it it I can't wait to see what goes on. Obviously, Zigzagoon now looks more like a raccoon than he did before. Lanoon looks a whole lot more like a badger, where it was more of a ferret-looking the last time. But that's what's happening now, as we get closer and closer to the release on November 15th. As we talked about last week, Ninja had departed Twitch for Mixer, and now it comes down to who will be the number one streamer on Twitch. Now, the closest person was about halfway there. Uh, his name is Tefew. Tefew, Tefew, I, I don't know how to say it. Uh, Shroud is right behind him. Um, many others in, in the top top five, top ten, even Dr. Disrespect. Uh, so the question now lies on who will fill the void left by Ninja? And will they be able to reach the same galactic heights that Ninja was able to achieve. Probably not, but it uh, one can hope. Am I right? <laughs> As we get closer and closer to the release of Modern Warfare, uh, more and more news trickles out. Uh, now we have confirmation they will have three different map sizes in the game. Uh, flash maps, which will focus on the 2v2 gun game battle style that they're, that they're going to have in, in the game. Uh, next are what are called tactical maps, or your standard maps. Uh, if you're used to playing Call of Duty, you know these maps, the standard 6v6, 10v10 maps uh, that have been in, in the Call of Duty games forever. Uh, and what's new are the battle maps, uh, which are geared for 20v20, uh, but the eventual plan is to have more than 100 people. And uh, they also confirmed, uh, along with that, that crossplay uh, will be involved and will be based on peripheral. So if you have a mouse and keyboard plugged into your Xbox or PlayStation 4, you can play against PC players. If you play with a controller on PC, you'll be able to play against console players, vice versa, things like this. So uh, that's something to look forward to. And as we all know, uh, as we spoke about last week, the beta uh, is coming soon, uh, next month. And again, I'll just uh, reiterate that those dates are September 12th, through the 16th uh, if you had early or uh, PS4 only and then everyone else gets it September 19th uh, sorry 21st through the 23rd if you pre-ordered you get it the 19th through the 20th a couple days early uh, like I said uh, Gamescom starts next week a week from tomorrow well technically a week from tomorrow officially starts next Tuesday but on Monday uh, around 11 a.m., which is nighttime in, in Germany, where Gamescom takes place, in Cologne, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Jeff Keighley, who puts on the Game Awards every year, is part of the game's journalism industry, uh, is going to be hosting an opening night panel show, world premiere show, uh, and expected to feature world premieres from at least PlayStation, Xbox, more Death Stranding stuff, uh, and about 15, 15 studios in total will be showing things off. Ubisoft, Square... And uh, again, that's August 19th at 11 a.m. Pacific time, uh, which is 8 a.m. Eastern Standard. So if, if you're awake then, or if uh, 
if you're not doing anything around 11 a.m. a week from tomorrow, you'll be able to, to see some awesome world premieres. If not, look to the news, and of course we'll be talking about it in uh, two episodes' time. Uh, Gears 5 is going to be getting limited edition peripherals and consoles. Uh, Gears 5 does come out next month. Uh, a special limited edition Xbox One X is coming out. A special controller. Uh, Razer is making a Gears 5 themed mouse and keyboard. Uh, I forget the name of, of that mouse and keyboard, but it's their one they built specifically for Xbox One. And some other peripherals uh, that will be releasing soon if you're a big Gears fan. So be on the lookout, uh, be on the lookout for that. Also announced, Apex Legends will be getting a limited run solo mode, so if you don't want to have to worry about having two other shit teammates uh, and having to worry about get, getting good, you can go ahead and play solo mode for a limited amount of time. I wonder if they'll implement that and keep it around, considering that all the other Battle Royales, you don't necessarily have to play on a team. The, the original ones, of course, were all single-player, granted... Uh, team stuff was added later in in some of the other big ones as well uh, also announced uh, 2k games announced that the wwe 2k games will no longer be developed by yuke a japanese studio who had actually been working on the the two the not the 2k the wwe games since like the early 2000s when thq was still making the the rest the wwe games um so from now on 2k will be publishing and developing the games themselves. I wonder how that will change. Uh, I think WWE 20, uh, this year's version of WWE 2K, is the first first one to be not made by Uke. Uh, you know, we're always talking about loot boxes and how they are, depending on, on how predatory and things they are on, on, on the games market, it, it, it really comes down to certain things. Well, the Entertainment Software Association... Uh, the ESA, has announced that Nintendo, Microsoft, and PlayStation are working on new policies. And uh, according to the ESA, that said, quote, that said, we are doing more. I'm pleased to announce this morning that Microsoft, Nintendo, and Sony have indicated to the ESA a commitment to new platform policies with respect to the use of paid loot boxes in games that are developed for their platform. Specifically, this would apply to new games and game updates that add loot box features, and it would require the disclosure of the relative rarity or probabilities of obtaining randomized virtual items in games that are available on their platforms. As well, many of the leading video game publishers of the ESA have decided that they are going to implement a similar approach at the publisher level to provide consumers this information and give them enhanced information to make purchase decisions. Which makes a lot of sense. I mean, EA did this and Respawn did this with Apex Legends, kind of told you the potential of getting certain material, just so that way... I mean, granted, those loot boxes you don't have to spend real money on either, um, some games have a little, been a little more predatory. Everyone knows the story of Star Wars Battlefront 2 a couple of years ago. But it is, um, uh, that was uh, the ESA talking with the FTC, Federal Trade Commission, and uh, reported by GamesIndustry.biz. But it's it's good to see the big three are taking a stand. And, and like I said, Microsoft did this a little bit with Halo 5 and the REC system. However, those can be 100% purchased with in-game currency that you do not have to spend actual real money on so and those were mostly cosmetic didn't really affect ranked gameplay at all and what weapons you could get were only really available to use in, in warzone and and again you couldn't just have whatever gun you wanted right away in warzone it was all it's a whole nother discussion but 
it's nice to see the big three kind of taking their own initiative here. Moving on. A used game store in Seattle has somehow gotten a hold, or at least had gotten a hold, of an ultra-rare NES game. Uh, The game in question was Nintendo World Championships 1990. Uh, It's considered a, a holy grail of games as allegedly only a certain number were produced and only handed out to those in attendance at the World Championships uh, and then some winners of a Nintendo Power uh, contest. Um, it was traded into uh, Pink Gorilla Games in Seattle. Uh, the owner confirmed that they paid $13,000 for the cartridge uh, based off the condition the owner said wasn't in the best condition. Uh, did some research, explained that it usually sells for fifteen to 20000 in good condition. Uh, apparently the seller was happy with that. And literally, literally, like within a day or so of having it, they were already selling it to a new owner. Um, this is on August 6th. They tweeted, um, The guy came in not knowing at all what the cartridge was worth. He was pretty blown away with the offer. I made sure ex- to explain to him what the item typically sells for, and we would offer him and why. The seller had no idea what it was nor where he got it. It sounds like he collected NES games a little bit when collecting NES games had yet to grow into popularity. Uh, just traded in, not joking. And uh, per IGN, the Nintendo World Championships 1990 cartridges were given to winners of the Nintendo World Championships in 1990. Uh, The cartridge itself was used in a competition and features a sort of remix of Rad Racer, Super Mario Bros., and Tetris for a single high score. More copies were given away to winners of a Nintendo Power Magazine contest. Um, It's often reported to have a limited run of about 90 gray cartridges and 26 of those in gold. Um, The co-owner of Pink Gorilla Games also clarifies it was originally believed that only 90 copies of the gray cart were made. But as more and more have popped up over the years, somewhere around 75 copies, it's now believed that several hundred were made with serial numbers as high as 348. The copy they got was serialized as number 302. Interesting that this just randomly happened, and it's really funny that it was actually sold almost immediately after they got it in. Um, it's it's nice to see a little bit of video gaming culture. So if you have old games, it's worth checking out to see if they're maybe worth money if you don't want to keep them around and maybe uh, make a quick buck and pass it off to someone who might who might cherish it a little bit, bit more than, than you are currently. So that's really awesome. Really awesome to hear that. Interesting to, to know that, that that store had the money to buy it in the first place. Capcom announced that testing will soon begin on a new unannounced Resident Evil game uh, with their Resident Evil like fan group I, I don't know what it what it was called per se um, almost like how like if you're a member on on Halo or Halo Waypoint you can you could have signed up for their their flighting program to, to test out uh, MCC on on PC and reach early and things like this but um, I'm sure that will be Either a Resident Evil 3 remake, which a lot of people think are hap- is happening, or possibly Resident Evil 8. Who knows? Who knows? But that's it for video games. Uh, now we move on to television. And uh, with that, the first thing, uh, it's come to light that Amazon is currently developing an Event Horizon show. Uh, Event Horizon is a movie from, uh, I want to say, the late 90s, early aughts. Starred Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Neill, about a ship that had a drive functionality that like tapped into like hell 
and demons and things like this. And uh, it was a rescue mission to, to save the ship, the her, Event Horizon. And I, I really like it. It's more of a thriller movie. Um, oh, 97, so late 90s. Uh, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson of, of the Resident Evil movie fame. So the original one, here's just a breakdown. Uh, set in 2047, it follows a crew of astronauts sent on a rescue mission after a missing spaceship, the Event Horizon. Spontaneously appears in orbit around Neptune. Searching the ship for signs of life, the rescue crew, rescue crew learns that the Event Horizon was a testbed for an experimental engine that opened a rift in space-time continuum and left our universe entirely, allowing a hostile entity to possess the ship. Wow, I can't read today. Um, uh, it, it essentially goes into the the into hell, essentially, and it allows demons to take over and possess possess things. I really liked the movie. I'm excited to see where the show goes. Maybe they they can. There there are some flaws in the original, and and maybe maybe the show can fix that. I don't know how long a show like that could go on for. Maybe it'll be like a one off series. I mean, Amazon and and Netflix do things like that. So I mean. Again, it's like Manifest. It's not a show that can go on forever and ever and, and, and ever. But no matter. Greg Berlanti, the, the mastermind behind the Arrowverse, pretty much uh, summed up with Stephen Amell as well, saying that uh, season seven of Arrow was really the last season and that season eight will be more more of a different take and every episode will be an event episode. So it's 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 not just your standard Arrow fare. Think... think it, it's more of a event episode every single time, which has me excited. Um, and I wonder how I wonder how they're going to pull everything off at at the end. Um, I, I wonder if it will end after Crisis or before Crisis, depending on how those eight weeks eight weeks uh, uh, end up. Uh, the eight episodes, I should say, not eight weeks. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I, I still can't wait. I, I've loved this show since the beginning. Of course, I am a little upset that it's uh, not going to continue, but such is life. Such is life. Disney announced with ABC that uh, the upcoming live-action remake of The Little, Mer Little Mermaid will not be its only live-action version. Uh, we will be getting a, a TV musical special uh, live-action on ABC in November. Um, it will star... Uh, Moana's Aulili E. Crovalo, I think that's how you say her, her first name, uh, the star of Moana as Ariel, and Queen Latifah as Ursula. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, that's in November, like I said. Um, and sticking with ABC here, they are currently rumored to be developing a female-centered Marvel show. ABC has said in the past that they hope to have at least one Marvel show on the network at all times. And this new rumor is that it will be an uh, all-female-focused team. So, I wonder if they're going to do, uh, I know they have like a, a cartoon series that's all female, and maybe they'll, they'll lead off of that with, uh, with Quake from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and they can kind of tie it into their little ABC Marvel TV universe, which is technically part of the MCU, but it's technically not. I don't know what's going on there. We also got a new trailer for Titans Season 2, which is coming later in the fall to DC Universe Online. That is a video game. The DC Universe is the streaming platform. And we got our first look at Batman and Deathstroke. Also Superboy, new look for Raven, things like this, teased. Obviously we'll learn more as, as we get closer to the, to the new season. For fans of Donald Glover, 
Uh, Atlanta has been renewed, has been renewed for a fourth season, uh, despite the fact that they haven't even begun pr- production on season three. Uh, they did announce that season three and four will begin production next year, with season three hoping to premiere next year and season four after that. Speaking of uh, TV shows next year, American Crime Story will be returning next year in the fall, with the uh, season three being focused on the in- the Clinton impeachment trial. Uh, as you know, season two was focused on the murder of Gianni Versace, and season one was on the O.J. Simpson trial. Uh, we also finally got some news regarding the Disney Plus streaming platform. As we already know, it was previously announced that it would be $7 a month, um, but they did announce a new bundle, which will launch uh, in November with the streaming service. It will include Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and Hulu for $12.99, offering a direct competition to Netflix, which uh, their standard four screen, I think, is about $12.99 around that price. Um But this includes three streaming platforms for the price of one. We'll have all Disney movies previously released. It will have new content, things like this. That's a a pretty awesome deal, especially if you don't already have Hulu. Hulu's got a lot of anime that that Netflix doesn't. Hulu has Seinfeld. So that's a a great option if you're thinking about that. That's something I'm going to consider, especially for the ESPN Plus content, which is a lot of sports content. That you might not have access to normally. Um, and along with that, um, Bob Iger was giving an investment call. And, and we'll talk about that more with the movies as well. Uh, it was announced that a Home Alone, Night at the Museum, and Cheaper by the Dozen, as well as uh, Diary, of a Wimpy, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, uh, will be getting their own streaming shows. I wonder how they're going to do Night at the Museum, considering that's a very like VFX-heavy show. Or would be required to be a... VFX heavy show. Home Alone doesn't make sense anymore because people have cell phones now. It'd have to take place in like the 80s or 90s or something. And then we got news about Marvel's What If? Or more news, I should say. Already announced was Jeffrey Wright. He's playing The Watcher. Uh, But now confirmed returning stars Sebastian Stan will be back as The Winter Soldier. Dominic Cooper is going to be back. Uh, with Stanley Tucci and Haley Atwell to play uh, a what-if story as if Steve Rogers, I think, dies and Haley Atwell becomes a super soldier in, instead as, uh, you know, Agent Carter. Chris Hemsworth will be back as Thor. Jeff Goldblum back as the Grandmaster. Uh, Taika Waititi is coming back and no one knows more than likely as Korg. Paul Rudd back as Ant-Man along with Michael Douglas. Uh, Chadwick Boseman and Michael B. Jordan will be back playing their... Uh, Black Panther and Killmonger. Uh, these are all voicing. I should just make sure people know. Josh Brolin back as Thanos. Michael Rooker back as Yondu. And Samuel Jackson back as Nick Fury. Anyway, moving on. Netflix signed some big boys to a contract. D&D, or David Benioff and Dan Weiss of uh, Game of Thrones fame, have signed a uh, what's considered more likely a $200 million deal with Netflix uh, to write, produce, and direct movies and shows. Uh, this pretty much ends their their deals with HBO, meaning that their Confederate show is probably never going to see the light of day. Uh, no word, though, on how this will affect their Star Wars, recently announced Star Wars trilogy. I doubt Disney is going to let them just kind of move away without anything concrete. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work. 
Uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Yeah, Phil Lord, Chris Miller. Uh, also announced that they're going to be working with Sony in their Spider-Man TV universe, which was announced uh, some time ago. Um, they will be developing live-action shows as well as the as animated shows to go along with uh, the movie they produced, the uh, uh, Spider-Man into, into the Spider-Verse. So a series based around that will be happening at some point. Uh, more news came out about Amazon's Lord of the Rings series. Uh, season 1 is expected to contain about 20 episodes, um, but it was recently announced by the Tolkien estate they will not have access to a lot of the main stories from the book, from the, uh, the the main trilogy of books, um, and they will be mostly confined to working within this, the Second Age, which spans around 3,500 years. If you're a big Tolkien fan, you know that. So it's stuff from the Silmarillion and some of his other works about stuff that happened way before, way before the movies. Um, obviously, Sauron is still around and not just a floating eye. Um, Morgoth, his like the even badder villain is around, so it's that's a lot more stuff that they can they can dip into. Um, sticking with Amazon here, um, Amazon announced that The Boys has been one of its most most successful shows and most most watched and most binged shows on on Amazon Prime. Uh, I can totally see why. I finished the show this weekend. Carl Urban is great. Jack Quaid is a great character. Awesome character development. Uh, the Boys is essentially, it's based off a comic book where heroes of be, are essentially privatized by a corporation and how a corporation would run superheroes in America, essentially. But the Boys are an outfit out to stop the superheroes as, as they are um, not victims of collateral damage like some, some other people in the show, but they've seen the harsh reality of what these, these heroes or soups, as they're called, um, like the damage they actually cause to people and, and real people and the death and destruction and things that surround that it's a, a really awesome show there's eight episodes on amazon i think they're each about an hour a little over an hour each if you like carl Urban, you'll like it if you like superheroes you'll like it. it's a really awesome show hard r for sure sexual content adult content graphic violence graphic content it, it's it's all there a lot of fucks getting thrown around but it's a, a really good show um, like I said, I, I would definitely recommend that you guys check it out. Um, and they've got like a Superman uh, uh, analogous hero, uh, someone like Wonder Woman, someone like the Invisible Man, all all these cool things. And essentially, uh, it's it's a different take on superheroes, and it's it's a welcome uh, it's a welcome critique of superheroes in in the age where Marvel dominates. And uh, I'm excited that someone someone decided to make a, a show around it. Um, around the comic, I should say. Kind of changing gears, going back to Rocco, or uh, Rocco, uh, going back to Marvel here for a second. Uh, Haley Atwell is currently being rumored to join the final season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as Agent Carter in some capacity. That's not confirmed, so we'll see if that actually happens. They just wrapped filming on the final season. Uh, Haley Atwell was nowhere to be seen, so I, I take that with a, a heaping of salt. And just to kind of to end off on TV, uh, Rocco's Modern Life Static Cling did premiere on Netflix this past weekend, on Friday actually, and I, I'm a huge fan of Rocco's Modern Life, I've said it before, uh, that's probably one of my favorite Nicktoons, uh, or pre-Nicktoons I think, if I know my Nickelodeon history. One of my favorite shows to watch as a kid, 
uh, had a lot of stuff. Granted, I would notice later as I grew older that it had a lot of adult jokes in it as well. But uh, the characters are really awesome. Uh, Heifer, Rocco, Filbert, and uh, came back as uh, Rocco's Motor Life Static Cling. It was announced two, two or three years ago at, at Comic-Con. After numerous delays, it finally came out. And it, it's, it's the Rocco you, you, you love and remember from, from the 90s. And the voice actors kind of get everything perfectly again. It, they don't sound off or different um, unless the character was replaced. I don't think they had to do that with, with really any of them. It is a awesome story. Somewhat cookie cutter, though. And, and my, my biggest issue with it was that it was, it was too short. It was only 45 minutes, so a little bit longer than a standard episode would have been. But your, your typical, like, in-jokes are there. Uh, your typical, like, sight gags are there. My, my, my other complaint, though, is that, like, the first, like, ten minutes of the movie, half of it is all the stuff we've seen in trailers already. So it was just like, oh, okay. And there, there is some things where it just kind of jumps right back in, into the Rocco world. And if you hadn't, if you, if you hadn't watched in a long time, you might be a little lost. And I, I didn't expect them to do a recap or anything like that, but it's, it's kind of weird and disjointed, especially if it's going to be coming to new people where you might not have access to the original. I don't even know where that might be, if there's a place you can watch the original episodes to kind of get a, a feel for that. But a lot of a lot of returning characters, so it was nice to see that. But also at the same time, they just plop some returning characters just like in there without real any real explanation or anything like that. Um, so I, if I had to rate it, I'd, I'd, right now I'm saying like a 7.5 out of 10. I still loved it. Don't get me wrong. And, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was happy to have Rocco back. I, it, it, it almost comes off as like a, let, let's see if this does well. And maybe we can bring Rocco back as a, a, a new series again, like a mini reboot that kind of follows off this, this show. And cause that, that's kind of the story it tells in, in Rocco itself. You know, they, they come back from after being in space for 20 years and, and uh, Rocco's favorite show, The Fatheads, is is been off the air, and he's his goal is to bring it back and things like this. And I just it leaves me wanting more. And I hope this does well on Netflix. That either Netflix or Nickelodeon figure out a way uh, to bring Rocco back in in some capacity. I, I'd welcome it, even if it was just a a limited run return with just a few episodes. That, that's that's still better than than nothing. But again, my my biggest complaints is too short and little bit cookie cutter and not leaving more to be desired so that that's that's my my ruling on Rocco's modern life Saturn static cling um, and luckily we have Invader Zim enter the Florpus coming back next week again one of my favorite Nickelodeon shows uh, as I started to get older that is it but kind of sticking on the Netflix thing there for a second um, a lot of people think that Netflix spends a lot of money and wastes a lot of money. But in the grand scheme of things, they're actually not even number one in terms of how much money they spend on on content. It was actually reported Disney spends around $24 billion on content. NBC Universal spends about $13 billion. Warner Media at $11 billion. Netflix at number four with $10.5 billion. Amazon, $8.6 billion. And then Apple spends around $1 billion as of right now as, as they look to expand their streaming services on their Apple TV. But while Netflix is spending money, nowhere near the big boys. Nowhere near the big boys. Um, David Leitch, Leitch, 
the director of Deadpool 2, uh, was being interviewed by, uh, where was he being interviewed? Uh, this is after, you know, Disney investment calls and things like this. Uh, he said that, where was he? I don't know. He was talking to someone. And he said that uh, they want to find a happy ground. It's rated R, so that's not necessarily the MCU brand. But he doesn't necessarily be, need to be the R. And Disney doesn't don't necessarily need to only make PG-13 movies. Uh, oh, uh, Yahoo Movies UK. I think we'll find a happy ground. There's still a lot of mystery still surrounding what they want to do with Deadpool in Disney's Marvel world, but I think from discussions that I've heard, it's all possible, uh, positive. I think that they're just trying to figure out a way, as in Deadpool's hard, which makes sense. And yes, I mean, Deadpool almost needs to be R just to make sure it keeps that, that flair and is allowed to kind of be Deadpool. But I think they could make a good... PG-13 Deadpool and, and wrap it into the MCU, or Disney could decide to have a wing of the MCU that's R-rated, or have it somewhat part of the MCU but separate. I mean, they did announce a Blade movie. Uh, they know Logan worked as an R-rated film, so I, I don't think they're going to necessarily throw Deadpool away like that, but I'm sure they'll evaluate it as time goes on. And, I mean, I'll gladly take a R-rated Deadpool if it doesn't have to be in the MCU, but I'll also take a PG-13 Deadpool in the MCU as long as it's done right and handled properly. Uh, Andy Serkis has been officially confirmed as the director of Venom 2. Um, he will not have a mocap character in it, though, even though he's known, known for that. Um, and along with that, Michelle Williams also said that she will be back as uh, She-Venom in com some capacity, and Tom Hardy is also involved uh, with the script writing. For Venom 2, which is kind of interesting. Uh, this is all after Tom Hardy had shared like an Instagram post of Andy Serkis, then deleted it, and then we all found out that, yeah, he is directing after he had been announced on the shortlist. I think I talked about that a couple weeks ago. Hopefully this will make Venom 2 a whole lot better than the first one, which I have yet to watch. I'll watch it when it's on streaming somewhere. Um, in that Disney investors call I mentioned earlier, uh, despite the fact that Disney has broken its own record and made the most money at the box office in a year ever, before the year's even out, they did have a, a loss. Disney saw its revenue increase by 33% year over year to $20.25 billion. However, uh, it was reportedly below their expected earnings of $21 billion. Bob Iger, the CEO, like I said, is essentially laying blame on, this is per variety, he said in an earnings call, one of the biggest issues was the Fox studio performance, was, was, which was well below where it had been and well below where we hoped it would be when we made the acquisition. Uh, as a result, Disney has scrapped much of their film development slate. Uh, Iger said they are taking it in a new direction with all new development slate that will focus on a select group of properties. It will probably take a solid year, maybe two years, before we can have an impact on films and production. We're all confident we're going to run to turn around the results of Fox live action. Avatar sequels will continue. Iger said Planet of the Apes will also continue on in some fashion. And also reiterated that Marvel Studios boss Kevin Feige will take over shepherding of previous Fox properties like X-Men and the Fantastic Four in the future. Um, also Disney Brass, part of that is apparently laying the blame on their recently acquired 20th Century Fox Film Division, which posted a $170 million operating loss for quarter three. Uh, especially uh, Disney citing especially the bomb of Dark Phoenix and are hoping to make it back, uh, especially with films such as Ford versus, uh, Ford versus Ferrari. 
Uh, also found out that Taika Waititi will be directing a secret movie uh, for Fox Searchlight, of all studios, um, before he starts uh, Thor Love and Thunder, which he's supposed to start filming early next year. He also made his upcoming like Hitler movie with Fox Searchlight, so wonder. I wonder why it's secret, though. That's kind of, um, that's interesting. I wonder, I wonder what, what they're going on about that. I wonder what it's going to be about. We got news regarding the Coming to America sequel. Uh, it recently cast, um, so Eddie Murphy was confirmed a while back. Arsenio Hall was confirmed a while back. Uh, now we know that Wesley Snipes and Leslie Jones are joining the movie. And James Earl Jones will be back as the king of Zamunda. Cannot wait for this movie coming back next, uh, it's coming sometime next year. I guess uh, Prince Akeem, played by Eddie Murphy, and uh, Semi, his friend, played by Arsenio Hall, will go to New York to learn about Akeem's son that he didn't know he had, which, who do you have a son with? I don't, I don't know. I do not know. A new report from Business Insider has alleged that MoviePass CEO had his company change the passwords of frequent users on their movie pass to keep them from seeing movies to prevent them from from using the service which uh makes a lot of sense when you think about all the troubles movie pass has had in in the last year or so and uh i don't know if you know this but movie pass has actually been offline for like almost a year no word on if it's ever coming back i mean they were bleeding money they were bleeding money at the end what's this gwyneth paltrow has needed to be reminded yet again of being part of the MCU. Um, I know a while back on John Favreau's show, his cooking show on Netflix, he reminded her that she was in Spider-Man: Homecoming, which she completely forgot about. And uh, Kevin Feige was actually being interviewed, and essentially was like talking to her, and she's like, "Why was Samuel Jackson at the 10-year anniversary thing?" And he looked at her, and he's like. Samuel Jackson's been in, like, every Marvel movie, and she was like, huh? Like, talk about someone who just oblivious, oblivious to the things they do, clearly could care less about being in a Marvel movie. Just, I, yeah, I, I don't, so dumb, so dumb. Like, I get it, you want big-name actors, but at the same time, there's actors that care about comics and about this stuff and would remember when Samuel Jackson has been in movies with them. Come on, Jesus. Uh, Jason Momoa recently caused some some uproar, um, saying that he will not be able to act in Aquaman 2 because he was run over by a bulldozer. Um, he posted this in response. It's a, He's protesting the building of a new telescope in Hawaii on Mount uh, Mauna Kea. I think that's the mountain. Mainly due to the fact that it's a like a heritage site for, for local Hawaiians, native Hawaiians, I should say. And um, has to do with their history and their, not religion, but the gods they worship and things like this. And and I get it. I really do. I really do. And at the same time, it's like, yeah, I want to build a new telescope so we can see like way deeper into space and understand things going on. And it's like, it, it's really hard because they need to find places that don't have a lot of light pollution and are high up enough to be a, away from a lot of the light pollution. And it's like... Hawaii is a perfect place because there's not a lot of people on the Hawaiian Islands and those mountains are really tall. But at the same time, it's like that place is sacred to them and it's like we shouldn't just be shitting on them. So it's like I, I'm, I'm kind of torn. 
between it. I, I totally get what he's trying to do, and I, I support that. And at the same time, it's like, I want science to move forward. And it's like, we need to find we need to find another place to put this telescope, um, mainly because I, I don't want to shit on, on people's heritage and things like that. But at the same time, I kind of want Aquaman too. And Jason Momoa is like, I'm not going to film in Hawaii as long as this happens. So, I mean, he is Hawaiian or half Hawaiian, if I'm not mistaken. So, makes sense. I get it. I get both sides. At least it's not like they're not building some, like, garbage plant or chemical plant. It's like they're actually building something for science. It's not not some stupid thing that's being built. It's it's, it's a legitimate thing. So that's that's kind of why I fall on both sides. And it's an interesting thing that, that we'll definitely be following over the next um, next few weeks as it unfolds. Coming year, I should say. Um, final bit of news here. Universal has pulled the release of its movie The Hunt from its schedule currently. Um, it's essentially a, a remake of like the greatest game, like people hunting people, essentially. And there's been some uproar over it as, as uh, the president was recently tweeting about Hollywood and stupid bullshit like that. And Sorry, the most dangerous game, not the greatest game, but almost like a remake of that. Um, where they labeled it as deplorables being hunted by rich elites. And the president took it as, uh, like, Trump supporters being hunted by rich liberal elites, which probably isn't. And uh, this is so dumb. We shouldn't even be talking about this. Uh, Universal pulled it because of the shootings, and I don't think that's true. But mm. While the president never explicitly stated it was that movie, it was heavily implied that he was talking about that movie. We should never live in a world where if the president doesn't like a movie, that a a studio should feel pressured to pull it. Ever. Let it get released. Let's see how general audiences feel about it. Let them not go see it. Let them live, decide their own life. Yes, it's a loss for Universal, but that's the breaks in life. They're not going to make any money by not releasing it. Unless one day they release it later in, in the future or on a streaming service or something. But we should never live in a world where politicians influence the media like that. And it, it, it's a slippery slope when things like that start happening. I, I don't think... Oh, God, I'm so mad. I am so mad about that. It just... It's bullshit. And... Uh, and, and I get... Maybe the shootings influence them. This movie wasn't supposed to come out for another two months. Just the the climate we live in in America right now. I understand you don't want to put out a movie about people being hunted by people. It, it's it's different. Yet they can put out purge movies, no issue. Like come on, this is all bullshit. They're gonna put out a new Saw movie, no issue. They're they're playing these stupid games and it pisses me off. That movie looked really cool, it looked interesting, but. Not getting it now for the time being. So we'll see. We will see. I don't even, I don't want to spend too much time on it because it's political. I don't want to go down that road. But that's it for Nick's Nerd News. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, next week, we'll talk about Glow Season 3. I did watch that this weekend. I, I wanted to save it though for next week to give some more people time to, to catch up on it. Um, no movie review next week, but we will talk about uh, Invader Zim, Enter the Florpus. And uh, no games yet. Uh, Control doesn't come out for a couple weeks, so so we'll do that. Um, 
now that I think about it, though, I, I think Good Boys comes out this week. So I, if, if I do see that, we'll talk about it. I'm not going to guarantee it. But that is something you guys can look for. Otherwise, like, sh- share, subscribe uh, the show. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Go to nixnernews.com. Listen to us on Google Play, iTunes, or Spotify. And you guys just keep on keeping on. All right? I'll catch you on the flip side. Have a good one.